0: Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. This is a special edition of DMP Tonight, a recording of the Borgfest Law Symposium, put out with the help of Austin's very own Body Hacking Con. We definitely want to thank them for sharing with us the content as well as the BorgFest meetup for hosting these events. If you'd like to know more about the Body Hacks Con, please go to bodyhackingcon.com. And remember when you purchase your tickets, use coupon code Minds to get 10% off your purchase. Plus if you're in the Austin area, Please check out meetup.com/orgfest-meetup-group and learn more about the exciting topics that they cover. Up first, before sharing this recording with you, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delves cu- delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at dangerousthings.com and if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at dangerousminds.io and/or email us at info@dangerousminds.io, at and we'll be glad to talk to you about it.
1: <clears throat> you may remember me from the last panel um, <laughs> when I went on about definitions, but the definition of cyborg for this is like critical. Um, is, and that comes back to my earlier question, was um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character in the first Terminator a cyborg or a robot or an android? Um, I don't, my understanding is a cyborg is interface of a human being with technology. Um, so there's got to be humanness there. And my definition would be. Uh, a cyborg is something that's controlled by a human brain. When you get to the point where it's not controlled by a human brain, then you go into android, robot, Blade Runner territory, which gets you into a whole different deal, which is a more interesting question for this panel. Um, so, <laughs> but we need to, while we're, while, we're, while we're going on about this, you need to keep that, um, that distinction in, in mind. Because if we, and, and you mentioned artificial intelligence, and that indicates that the human brain is no longer in control. Um, and that does create a more, if it's, if it's a cyborg where the human, it's just modified, the human brain is still controlling it, they're a person. They have personhood, they have legal rights, they have the same rights as all people do. It's just a question of where their rights stop and other people's rights begin, as we were just discussing. If it's artificial intelligence, if it's an android, if it's a creation of humans, then um, then the law is unprepared to deal with that. It would be considered right now it would be a machine and it would have all the same rights as the pencil sharpener. Um, None Um, where the law is changing in that direction right now is with animal rights, because there have been several attempts across the country, mostly in the northeast of animal rights groups trying to, filing habeas corpus actions on behalf of elephants and chimpanzees and kind of the higher animals that everybody likes, the ones that are closest to us, and chimpanzees share 98% of our DNA. Um, None of those have worked yet, but eventually they will. So those are, those will be, uh, when we do have some artificial intelligence that is, whose intellectual skills rival that of a human, that will be the, that the personhood for the higher animals, I think, will be established by then, and that's 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 the that's the path that they probably will follow. And there's the the philosopher I mentioned earlier, Peter Singer, has he's kind of leading the whole personhood thing for the higher animals with his definition of what constitutes something that should have personhood. But I've, I'm I'm going to shut up now because I've <laughs> gone on for too long. I, already. Think
2: all, I think that's all. That's all. That right. I, I don't like the labels here. I mean, you know, um, because I think that they lead us down weird paths. I mean, ultimately, you know, even you know, I love we talk about animals having personhood, but they're you know they're not persons, and so, or at least you know, that's the whole point. I think we got to come at it from, from, not, you know, the traditional categories, and and, and instead maybe feature sets um, or something like that, and say, look, you know let's define what we are um, uh, by saying, you know, things that have sentience and a certain level of sentience that has, you know, higher level function, you know, because clearly some sentient things we don't treat as having rights at all, insects, for, you know, or what have you. And then, I mean, I think that's a challengeable proposition, I guess, but, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of people arguing that you can't step on the ant at all, right? not like they are. And so there's obviously some level of intelligence or consciousness uh, beyond just the basic one. And, and it, if you start doing it that way, kind of ground up as opposed to top down, then we get there real quick, I think, on AI, because it's not a question of if, it's, it's a question of when, and the when's way quicker than any of us are come to terms with. I and mean, if you read Kurzweil and you know all this stuff, it's, it's coming at an amazing rate. And, and, and by the way, you know, I love that. Most of the time, that conversation happens. We talk about when are the AI is going to catch up with us, forgetting that the moment they do, they pass us right right? I mean, and 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 we become, you know, their elephant, yep. and then yeah. eventually their ant, and at an increasing rate. And so, so I think that the, the, this is not an abstract question about whether we let others into the, the personhood realm, but rather what it is that that law and ethics are going to protect, and and we seem to believe that we're what we are is one of those things and now it's just a question of, of, of how much more you know what other types of things can become uh, w- warrant that kind of protection I, I do think we'll'll we'll be pretty egocentric about it and I think you know cyborg the fact that someone's a cyborg I think it, it you know won't I think hurt them as much as an AI might be hurt because of where they originated from but um, I think those are all really interesting questions and, and almost none of them are theoretical but actually becoming very practical mm-hmm. very quickly. Well boys did you, I
3: assume you didn't do research on this one, but uh, if you hey. had <laughs> and you, you found a case law protecting artificial intelligence, right, you'll know they have won, right? Because that's the first thing they're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly, like, well.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Out of nowhere, mean, they but they're on Westlaw. So they have to be. <laughs> they're right there on Westlaw. They've got to be real.
3: <laughs>
1: well, that that's that's the that's the very unsettling thing about all this because a lot of a lot of proponents of artificial intelligence appear to um, be advocating not for something that's going to. Serve human, but something that's going to replace humans and when the singularity comes um, then that supposedly happens but all of these all of these kind of theories and they all depend on these intelligent computing machines being able to either reprogram themselves or reprogram other machines, and every time they do that it will make them smarter. Um, why would we do that? Why would we allow them to do that? Because when they can reproduce themselves, they satisfy the biological definition of life. They are a living thing if they can reproduce themselves. The simplest living thing is a prion. The little piece of protein that's folded in a weird way so that when it encounters another protein, the other protein folds the same way it does. That's what causes mad cow disease and Jakob kreutzfeldt syndrome which one out of a million of us is going to get spontaneously and your brain rots and it's horrible um kuru um, that the new guinea uh, natives that used to be headhunters and eat their enemies brains got because they got the ingested that prion and it was a little thing that could reproduce itself by making other proteins just like it that's a very primitive example of this but once we create machines that can reproduce themselves and in a smarter fashion, we're toast because we've created life and we no longer control it. So, why would we do that? Well, but you
2: act as if we make a conscious decision to do that. <laughs> well, well that's, that's true. Is doing it, and, you know, technology yes. is clearly autonomous in that respect. <laughs> I mean, yes. how do you not do it? I, I mean, think you
4: really overlooked the, the concept that I mean, one of the reasons why we create computers is to make our lives easier. The reason why we're creating artificial intelligence is to make our lives easier. And if we're on a trajectory, this is my premise, to Uh, be more and more engaged with our technology and our creations in that way, then, I mean, long before we're going to be having the conversation about whether it's a person or not, we'll be integrated with it. Mm. You're going to have more conversations about oh, well, can you remove this AI from me that is a massive part of how I function on my daily life because, like, I don't keep track of my schedule. I don't think my appointments, that's what my AI runs. Right. That's... On right. my computer, on the and
5: on it's
1: annoying the hell out of me, and it's driving at me because I drink too much, and I want to get rid of it. So yeah, that's the you know when we complete when we do create AI, you know we're be we careful what you ask for.
3: Things that people will be punished for, things that people will be allowed to do. Um, you know, to to what degree are we going to be tempted to hand that rulemaking process over to artificial? No, we already we we, we should have, already you know, be tempted. Given sort of the difficulty that we run across, we have a Congress that can't pass laws. Yeah, uh, we have an, an increasingly complex you know, society. Are we going to be tempted to go the other direction? I think we, I think so we already are tempted. <laughs> you <guys laughs> to write the rules for us. Yeah, I mean,
2: look at—I mean, you know—I'm I'm, look look at uh, what MD Anderson is doing with IBM and their Watson platform, where they're putting massive amounts of cancer diagnostic information into Watson, and Watson turns mm-hmm. out to be pretty good, if not better than anyone mm-hmm. at diagnosing cancer. Right? We're we're turning that type of function over, I think, at a rapid pace and probably faster than we expected. I—you I can't imagine that we wouldn't.
3: Right, but that's a science. Rule. I mean, a law rule's different, yeah. right? Well, it's because we're all... Yeah. Sort of, the <laughs> yeah. difficult thing would be handing
2: over to Watson, which of two patients but, but we are doing that too, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean look at the, the new standard yeah. that was adopted by the autonomous vehicle makers, and if you haven't followed the story, it's probably one of the, the greatest, you know, it, it, it's one of those inflection point moments. Two, two, three weeks ago, Mercedes and Tesla and a group of, of the autonomous vehicle makers got together and announced, that in the decision-making process as to, you know, which life to save in an autonomous vehicle scenario, that they had determined in their wisdom that it's always the driver, right? And they have their justification for that. So, you know, you're driving down the road in your autonomous vehicle, and, like, and, and you know, there there are two brick walls on the side of the road, and a kid jumps out. The, the, the Mercedes and Tesla cars are going to plow through the kid without, you know, without hesitation because they've decided that driver's life over kid life, right? Well, that's it. That's a that's a big decision to be made, mm-hmm. right? Well, well, and yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's nobody's right. gonna buy a car that's gonna choose the child. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think we're I think we're turning those types of decisions over to machines all the time now. But,
3: that, but your example is a human made moral choice, though, that's then executed by a machine.
2: That's right. So,
3: but I, it seems to me there's a step further where you're going to say I don't want to make this decision. Yeah, the machine makes it. Uh, is,
2: but I, but I, I think, and I think we're we're yeah. we're right there. I mean, so you know, the other amazing story this year involved also, um, um you know, uh, the, the fact that a machine beat the Go champion, right? And for those of you who are AI folks, you know all about that. And, and, you, and if you if you if you don't know about that, you say, well, why does that matter? I know computers beat people in chess a long time ago, but this how these computers beat the Go champion because goes I don't play it, but apparently a different type of game. But instead of the computer following the rule set that we give them like we did with chess where we said here's good strategy and then just play it out a bunch of times to see what's gonna happen and make good predictions based on those models. The the Go game just played itself a bunch and came up with strategies that were heretofore unknown mm-hmm. and that beat the human and in fact yeah. are, and some people will argue that that's really trivializing it, they're unknowable to humans. They're mm-hmm. the types of strategies humans could never know yeah. and now they're better at us than Go, right? And And that's because they require things that we can't do, and some of them can't even be articulated in ways we understand. So I think that we're right there close to saying, yeah, yeah. machines are going to be interpreting, you know, right. making medical decisions, legal decisions, all of the things better than we do.
1: It. And, 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 and you were saying, you know, we're not doing it. technology's doing it. Should we be concerned about that and fashion rules that technology has to function within like uh, DRM. so that they, well, is that, a good, is that good enough? Uh, Because my understanding of artificial intelligence which which is minimal um, is that uh, the artificial intelligence community has kind of given up on trying to recreate our intelligence because our intelligence is a product of several hundred million years of natural selection and we're programmed to do various things and a lot of those things are not good things Um, we are programmed to be very Egocentric. We're programmed to have a keen sense of us versus them. We're programmed for all kinds of stuff that's probably not very good. So in creating artificial intelligence, again, my understanding is that they've stopped trying to recreate how we think and are creating an intelligence that, as you say, is beyond our ken, And that could lead to all kinds of wonderful things, very interesting things, but, you know... <laughs> For somebody of my generation, it's also kind of terrifying because who knows where it's going to lead. Um, should should we as a society, and as Pete pointed out, we have a totally dysfunctional Congress right now, and we probably won't have uh, a functional Congress after tomorrow, maybe, but I doubt it. So if we're going to do it, who's going to do it? Um, and it strikes me that somebody needs to be thinking about this and not just let technology go out and do whatever can make a bigger profit for whatever company the person is working for, but needs to be working in, within certain parameters. And the thing with the thing with military technology, which is yeah, the next war is either going to be the best war ever, because it's going to be a bunch of proxy robots fighting each other and killing each other and leaving the rest of us alone, or it's going to be the worst war ever. Think of the movie The Birds, except instead of crows and pigeons, they're little bitty programmed predator drones with artificial intelligence that hunt you wherever you are. Um, So which is it gonna be? And that depends on whether we get our act together and start doing international treaties and putting limits on what these things can do and what they're programmed to do.
2: So I'll I'll challenge that. First of all, I don't think that's possible. I I think think it's unrealistic to think that we're gonna come all for the first time in in human history come together and make a smart collective decision i i i I, yeah but i but i but i'm but i'll challenge it at another level yes they are they are skipping us and, and not mimicking us and that's a it's probably a good thing right i mean we i why in the world would we would we want to impede the development of those types of you know, we always stop at this point where they become evil overlords, right? In our <laughs> scenario, and think, oh, they're going to kill us. That that'll be a even if it happens, it'll be a blip of a phase to where they 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 get to points that we don't understand it and presumably. And if you know, so I think I think bring it on, right? And we should be we should be encouraging the development of these things because they're going to be better than us, better in every <laughs> not just in, in every sense. I would think. I mean. If, if we believe, and this I know it's a fundamental philosophical question, but if you believe the smarter you are, the better you are, right, and that evil is, you know, evil's a, a, an, an error, right, they are more perfect systems, they will be better, and they will do better things than we do and make our world better. I think I've, I, I think I've watched
1: two.
3: Well, what so do you mean when you say you, 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 you want your kids to have a better life
4: than you? What do you say when you
2: want your kids to be more successful than you? You know, happiness, goodness, the things that the fundamental things that we that we strive for.
3: Yeah. We we don't we don't, right?
2: We don't. We're not very good with technology.
3: We all the time.
2: Yeah, but yeah, we, we but, but I, that's why I'm saying I don't I, I don't think we, we should be making these decisions. I think we should let them make the decisions of how this develops, and, you know, there's, in Kurzweil, right, in, there's a passage in Kurzweil, but one of two things going to happen, right, he talks about, you know, yeah, we can get the evil machines that will want to kill us, or, or we'll think we're, you know, but then it's more likely it's going to be like, what was it, if anyone remembers the analogy, talks about, you know, uh, Columbus or somebody landing on this, in this continent, right, and, and walking past an anthill and, and having absolutely no regard for it, you know, because, because, he, I guess in theory he could kill it, but it was just like totally irrelevant to his endeavor to stop and destroy the anthill, Right? That's what they're gonna do to us. I think they'll pass <laughs> us up. <laughs> <laughs>
6: they'll
2: just—they're they, not gonna sit here and say, "Let's just kill him for fun." I mean, or maybe there'll be a little blip of a period where they do that, but—but but, uh, you know, <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll just survive that and move they'll on. They'll get rid
2: of us really quickly okay, I mean,
7: and isn't, move on. Isn't the market, at some level, gonna resolve some of these issues? So the question with. AI or a, a corporate decision to kill a child versus the driver. Um, autonomous vehicles is a fascinating question for me because it's not clear there's a legal regime to handle it. I don't know how you insure it. So, for instance, if, the, if Lexus or, or, or if uh, uh, Tesla decides to, to kill the child, there's going to be a lawsuit and there's going to be an insurance claim and there's going to be a judge that decides that that's the wrong way to do it. Um, If you go back to law school, it's a trap gun, a gun. You can't have a gun in your house that shoots somebody even though they're trespassing. I don't think ultimately the legal regime can handle um, those assumptions. I'm not sure if you think in terms of large projects with billions of dollars and AI helping to design, you're going to have insurance companies um, involved. And I think the market is going to make decisions where Congress doesn't. I'm not sure that. It's going to be let loose into the wild in that sense because ultimately there is a yeah. financial system, at least that's, for larger issues, yeah, that's going that's, to control.
1: That's. I, I don't mean to sure. shove you in any category or anything, but that's that's kind of a libertarian-ish mm-hmm. argument. I'm followed. not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, I know. And I, but, but yeah, and the, and and yes, that 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 works with regard to some of these issues mm-hmm. like that one. It probably would, um, but. With regard to some of the bigger issues, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, it's, I don't know enough about what's going on to know what issues are out there. In I'm terms just saying of on the we're back end, the liability side, when something yeah, goes no, wrong. I, I agree with you on the that on the, is going yeah, to. I agree with you on how Tesla is going to program its car or something because it'll be worked out in the courts and it'll, you know, the market with the overlay of tort law has a good chance of taking care of that, and it has a good chance, and it has a good chance of taking care of a lot of things. The, the example I always give for something that escapes it is aflatoxin mm-hmm. in peanuts. Um, because there's a mole that grows on peanuts if you don't store them correctly, and it is one of the most potent carcinogens known <laughs> in an aflatoxin. Um, so if, the, in the FDA, I guess, regulates how peanuts are stored to avoid that growing on the peanuts. If, if it's not regulated, and you can store peanuts more cheaply, businesses probably will, and you eat the peanut butter and two years later you get cancer and you can't prove that you got cancer from the aflatoxin growing on those peanuts that you ate two years ago. So that's that's just one of the examples of that, but there's probably, um, you can probably divide the field of questions as to where we're going with artificial intelligence into mm-hmm. the ones that can be solved by the market um, and existing to our law and ones that need some kind of legislative intervention. Yeah, I agree. Um, and as Pete pointed out, unless we get our act together politically as a country, pretty soon we're not going to have any legislative intervention because we have no functioning legislature well, right it's now. Not just just our country, right? It's not national level, countries. It's other countries too, are so. happening too. And part of that is because, <laughs> part of that is because of what we're talking about. Um, and I was talking to several of you during the break, um, that robotics, uh, is replacing human labor and that sounds great. Oh, we'll have a lot more free time to do cool stuff. Unless you depend on that job to make a living, and then what's going to happen to you? And that's disrupting politics. One of the things that's disrupting politics all across the developed world right now, Um, because the jobs that used to be there to keep people in the middle class are disappearing, some because of globalism, but many more increasingly because of increasing technology that makes human labor kind of obsolete unless you fix robots.
6: That's mm-hmm. ha- yes, exactly. For centuries. It has.
1: It has and it's it you know it's it's and promising people that oh and bring your jobs back in factories and bring the steel industry back is as I was telling the people I was talking to is pretty much like a politician in 1870 telling uh, whalers that they're going to bring the whaling industry back right. because they're not because there's now I
5: moved
1: on. Right. There's now something a much cheaper uh, type of lamp oil is now coming out of the ground in Pennsylvania. So no, nobody's ever gonna bring the whaling industry back because economically it doesn't make any sense anymore, which is the same thing we're seeing now with technological development. Um, and that's one of the freight trains coming toward us and some people are talking about it, but more people need to be talking about it because it's, di- it's disrupting democracies all over the world and y- you gotta deal with it. What are these people gonna do? Is there gonna be a guaranteed minimum salary or are they gonna be paid off? And and the The utopian future that is a possibility, uh, when artificial intelligence and robotics are doing everything, and we can all sit around in beautiful pastures and play harps, maybe. (laughs) No,
2: that's that's like
1: no, but that's like asking me. Tell
2: me about that strategy, that go strategy. That's exactly the question we can't answer, right? And I and I I understand that it, it might not it might not be good. I mean Columbus could have stepped on the ants and, and squished them. Right. My guess is they'll just pass us up. But but uh, so my my point is uh, you know I want to go back. We we're clearly we're we're, we're we're lower so they than they the white indigenous house people <laughs> if they move that fast. <laughs> sort of you know, you know, I, I don't think I don't think the market slows it down. I don't think the law. I think those things are, are completely irrelevant to the development and the evolution of these technologies. I think it's. It's crazy to think that any of our social structures stop this now, or or even I'll even go one step further, even shape it now. It's gone. I mean, it, it, it they, they'll be doing it themselves more than they already are. Be more it, okay, I so. Be I'll,
3: industry or okay, area. so I'll,
2: I'll be more specific. I think that, that the, we we look if if this was it, if we were all the humans in the world right here. We could, could come together and say, let's not develop these technologies, right? But these technologies are not being developed at one place by one group of people. They're being developed on such a massively dispersed uh, environment with information sharing through the Internet, et cetera, that it cannot be contained now. The law wouldn't contain it. It's extraterritorial. It's, it's, it's not necessarily motivated by the economics anymore liability concerns won't contain it if that were the case it'd be like well no one would make computer viruses because you could be sued for making <laughs> computer virus right these things happen because there is I think a, a mass human endeavor now that is not that is not controllable and very quickly to, to make this problem even more more dramatic the the development is being turned over to the machines already and and, and that'll be even a bigger part of it so we can't change this, and I don't think our social structures can change it. Even if we tried, it's coming; uh, it, it, it's inevitable in a way that nothing's ever been inevitable yeah. like this before. With,
1: whether we should control it and whether we can control it or two Pro- yeah, yeah, we, we missed agree. that boat I agree.
4: No, well,
2: no. I, I look. I'm not saying we shouldn't try. I mean. I think these kind of conversations are good, and I think that if we can control it at the edges, it's probably a good thing. I but I think we have great. to be realistic to think we're not... <laughs> think it's great. Well, no, I actually do think yeah. it's probably great. I mean, I, I think the odds are higher that it's great than, than it's bad. I mean, unlike global warming, which I think is demonstrably
0: bad. I don't, well, I, I de- don't think there's
1: any reason de- to think... It depends on where you live. If you live in yeah. central Canada, it's great. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, well, let's move from left to right. Uh, there.
0: So talking basically biological versus artificial rights is there a way to augment your way out of being considered a human? Or would then they just be identified like uh, last discussion, uh, identified by chromosomes, would you then, if you were born a human, remain a human <laughs> despite being augmented
1: out of your biological wetware? Well, it, it, I mean, it, 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 it sounds like at some point it, it, we'll want to be a machine and not a human. <laughs> so it'll be, can I mean, we can we, <laughs> can we pretend to be machines? Uh, yeah, don't kill me, I'm one of you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think at the point we're talking about, we've gotten way beyond <laughs> any of this stuff. When the- That's
8: what, I'd kind of like to rein it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because AI it. is fascinating all nice. itself, yeah, yeah, and yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting on. Uh, talking about AI, so I want to kind of bring it back to you, AI and cyborgs. And I think the way we can do this is kind of going from Ed's comment about Go. I recently read a white paper about uh, three AIs that were. Uh, a bar. Uh, three guys walked into a bar <laughs> with right, a rabbi. and they were and they were basically <laughs> one a rabbi they were <laughs> they were basically asked to do some things. Uh, we want you to communicate with each other, uh, and we want you to intercept the communication that the other two are doing. Okay, and uh, so they came up with different different routes, but ultimately, um, two were able to come up with an encryption scheme that we would have never come up with. Now we we understand what they've done, but it's not something we've thought of before. All right. So that kind of gets at what you said with Go. And what I also hear in that is that there is more than one AI. Because a lot of the discussion we have about AI is there's this meta AI. And it's going to be like singular, right? And I believe that as cyborgs, we're going to have many AIs in our life. There'll be the AI in the car. There'll be an AI made by the car's competitor. There'll be the AI in the phone, there'll be the Watson AI, there'll be all all kinds of AI. Some of these will be integrated into our bodies because that's going to be really smart software controlling our our alternate anatomies, all right? So what I want to know is getting back to civil liberties and stuff like that, some of these AIs will, getting back also to the first panel, contain a lot of information about me and about you. Um, Do you foresee? I 'm talking about persons now, persons AIs as person, an AI being questioned in court because it is sure. th- it knows more about any particular situation than any other human
1: yeah yeah, absolutely I mean right. it, I don't think that's real
2: different than, than you know subpoenaing a database at this point. It's just that you know right. it, it doesn't talk as well um, yeah. as, as, as what you're imagining, but there's yeah. no question I think that's coming I think to your point of separate AIs, i I kind of feel the same way, but for one thing, which is I think that we are. We, we, because of our ages and, and our experience and having only recently seen the, you know the profundity of networking, um, continue to like to, to, to revert back to clumps of technology. But I think that we are very quickly hitting an age where it, it won't make sense to our children, you know for certain, certainly for their children's children, to talk about a machine that, that is a separate machine, because <laughs> they will all be talking in ways that are deep and connected in ways. But, but I understand your, your, your point. I think we will have different bits of intelligence inside of us. We're getting pretty close to it now, I think. So
8: is, there is a qualitative difference between um, searching a database and producing that evidence in court versus questioning an AI in court, I think. I think that will give pause to some people. I think it will give pause, especially when this AI is incriminating you. You're accused by this AI.
3: Yeah. What, what questions would you ask? Yeah. What, what, so there's who, what, where, when, or why, right? Right. Um, so databases could answer who, what, when, where, why, or how are different kinds of questions. Right? Um, and, it, and I can see the AI needing to be asked why or how, which is what is the rule on which you reached this conclusion, right? If you decided this conclusion was the best answer, how did you get there? What's the logic that you apply? Because if what you said is you've got AIs talking to each other and they use their own internal logic to reach a conclusion, and then they spit out the conclusion, and then we all say, "Okay, that's that's the best." And you want to be able to unpack that and yeah. say, yeah. "What is really? What's the rule that you use?" Because if if it isn't consciousness, at the end of the day, the human thing we're doing is we're deciding the value between things that machine can't measure. You know What's better, smelling a flower or drinking
8: a beer? Right, right. well, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, some I, of those things <clears throat> AI will not
3: answer.
8: I, I think yeah. I understand what you're saying, and it, it's a little bit different from what I had in mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I had in mind that we develop, we will develop relationships with the AIs in our life, okay? And we will have close relationships And in the way you have a daytime wife who works with you at the office eight hours a day, that person has a different relationship with your your wife-wife because you spend a lot more time with it. I think our AIs will also have kind of a privileged relationship because we spend so much time with it. And I'm wondering if it makes sense to allow these AIs to testify against us in the same way we don't let our spouses testify against us. When
0: When you say testify, you
4: mean put them under oath. (laughs) <laughs>
8: yeah. 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 I, I don't
7: think it doesn't exist. There's no way to test whether they're telling the exactly. truth. Exactly. Yeah. Why would
1: yeah. I believe in AI that I can And know. how do you know this? Did you Did you perceive it or did some other computer tell you? the AI?
6: Why should we believe this? So, so let me address that because your question is you, want, you are looking for rules of how an AI is going to work. I guarantee you that the frontier that, that Ed's talking about here and what the cars are doing today, we don't know mm-hmm. how they're reasoning. Yeah. They're they're reasoning based upon matrices and weights on extremely complex networks that are just Freaking black magic! How you create yeah. them. So why would we ask them? So just like our brains. So we don't. Know, we do our it's, brains yeah. are doing anything so with the results. For certain, they're telling the truth. So
1: for yeah, for certain reasons, that's going to make it very difficult for us to interface with them, and we're going to have to work that out in the future you in which just we can't get the information we, in the database. Yeah, it, and exactly. And if, if they, numbers, if they're, like if they're a dog if,
2: asking you, your yeah, dog couldn't even ask, but right. if it could, it could never understand your reasons.
1: If their intelligence becomes so developed and so different from ours, which it probably will. You know, it's going to be a real chore to figure out how to interact with them yeah. and how they can make our lives better. Um, it, I mean, we those we don't even know how to ask the right questions at this point. I don't think. Um, and also with with everything being a big network and everything, we're going to have to improve. And this kind of goes back to that predator-prey theory I was talking about, an evolutionary theory. Um, we're going to have to make the systems a lot more secure than they are now. Because, you know, the big the big uh, hacking attack on the servers went through baby monitors and stuff that talk to each other. And they weren't encoded and they didn't have any security and they snuck in through that unsecured back door and got to these servers. So, you know, and maybe in and the more tech savvy of you than I am, which is probably all of you, um, might be able to speak to that. But how how is that... How is that predator-prey thing coming? Who's ahead right now, the predator or the prey? And, we will and, be
2: neither the predator nor the prey in that scenario. Was the problem? Right? Is it, we, will not be able to, we will not create systems that AIs can't break, and AIs will create those own systems against other AIs. I mean, we're just not in the game at that at that point anymore. It's going to be. I mean, it, we're there now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not living in fantasy world now, but very quickly, computer technology of all types. We'll be operating at levels we don't understand, including things. I mean, it'd be silly to think that we would create security to stop well, AIs. Can, it would be other well, AIs creating that yeah, security.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, in the, until the singularity happens, because most, depending on who you talk to, the average date for when it's going to happen is 2040. But until then, which, you know, it's going to encompass most of our lifetimes, that's going to be a question until mm-hmm. it totally outstrips us. Um, but so <laughs> I, let me I don't ad- have the answer.
6: So let me address the predator-prey issue. It really you need to think offense-defense, not predator-prey. We have a bunch of offenses which will be your predators. But prey in some sense has many defensive strategies. Normally we associate that idea with running. Mm -hmm. Well, these systems that we have, our servers, aren't going to run. We're going to have to develop a large number of defensive strategies. And right now we are woefully inadequate in our defensive strategies. So. um,
5: Completely and totally disagree. Yeah. Okay, um, it's not that our defensive strategies are woefully inefficient. It's the um, it's the challenge. It's we know the problems with DDoS. We know the problems with um, un, you know unencrypted and remotely accessible um, IoT devices that have no security. We understand those problems. The challenge is there's uh, we have an identity root of of understanding issue. That's number one. And Number two is um, cost. You know, only one of those Chinese manufacturers of um, hacked IoT devices is issued a recall. We have no UL, we have no uh, underwriters laboratory for internet connected devices. And, and I, d- I, think th- I think honestly the cat's out of the bag. We're not going to get that. Um, so it's not that we don't know how to do defense. It's not that we don't know what the problem is. It's not the unknown unknown problem. It's we're too cheap and we're too lazy.
0: And we already have automated predators out there. DEFCON this year had a fully automated pen test competition. Nothing but racks of servers were in the competition. No humans were involved except for setting up their racks before the competition even began.
5: And you see a lot of AI being applied in, in computer security today, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I the mean, that's, stuff. Yeah. We're, we're chasing after stuff. We're chasing after the malware problem with you know, machine learning and with um, neural nets mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. this and with that and the other thing. But ultimately, there's still a human being today. Today, there's still a human being out there that can find one vulnerability and you know, take down um, Dynex. And mm-hmm. turn off your Twitter. Gee, that's not a bad yeah. thing.
1: And that, and, that one, <laughs> and that one individual is a Russian teenager somewhere. Yeah. I think in this case, it was a case, we're in Israeli. Or an Israeli teenager somewhere. So, again, trying to relate it back to the
8: cyborgs. Um, it's going to happen. I'm going to try. I'm gonna, <laughs> so, uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, scenarios that are along the same line. So, we have relationships with our AIs. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you see a liability issue? where I am held liable because I didn't take the advice of my AI. Or, another way around, it's I have a liability issue because, um, uh, let's see, it, it'd be the opposite. Help me say the opposite. I just lost the opposite. It's, so I'm liable because so I did fo- take the advice of the, my well, of it, AI. Well, you know, if, yes.
1: it, frequently in the law, if you're talking about an attorney's advice, that's, that's a defense. My attorney told me this was fine. It was legal. That's why I did it. Is a frequent defense you hear. So if it depends on how the law develops to deal with. We already have these, these issues, relationships. Right. I mean, think
2: of, think of uh, you know, if if a, if a plane crashes and a pilot says, "Look, I put it on autopilot and it malfunctioned," we don't hold him culpable, unless right he did something yeah, wrong. Have, right. If the yeah. machine did it wrong, we, yeah. he gets a pass. Right. I mean that's. I mean if. If I'm driving down the road and, my car, and the computer system in my car goes and the accelerator goes forward, I mean, you know, if, that, if I can prove that happened, that wasn't me, that was my machine that did that. And I don't think right. there's anybody that holds you personally liable and for that. And if
1: we get to the point where, you know, it, is, and it has an intelligence that's comparable or better than ours and, it's, and it really is advice of, you know, do this, do this, do this, you know, the law will have to, if the law keeps up with that, and it probably will you know Then yeah, that could be a defense. And if it told you to do, if it told you to go out and kill your wife, which it probably wouldn't, but who knows? It so might. It's going to develop. Yeah. It might. <laughs> probably not. But yeah.
4: um, on that point, it seems to me that it's fundamentally a standard of care issue. And as we know, you know, with all. Relative standards of care, it just kind of evolved with evolvement. society. So right. For example, I can see, you know, like negligent parenting. If we got to a place where every parent has their kid with a cell phone and a tracking device, and then your kid gives doesn't, kid, yeah, and that's negligent <laughs> yeah. parenting. Yeah. So if you're a CEO of a company and you're not implementing AI systems, you are breaching your fiduciary duties right. to your shareholders. Right. So, uh, right,
2: absolutely.
1: That's, yeah, no, I, I think that is that is true now. Yeah. I think
3: <laughs> How you trained your Yes. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you've got an AI that's learning from you, and it learns bad habits, and then you, after having taught it bad habits for you, it says, well, Rich, in this situation, you should drive
1: 85 miles an hour. That's right. But, while drinking. Uh, but this is the, then
2: you could see. But, but this is the, really the cyborg issue, right? To bring right. it back, because then yeah. you're just saying AI. you're just saying the AI is you at that point, That's right. What, the yeah. AI is an <clears> extension <throat> of you, and we're not going to let you... You know, you're you are not, you're not gonna let you dish responsibility off the AI any more than if I had an artificial arm and beat someone with it. I'd say it wasn't me; it was, it was that the, metal was thing the arm. right there. Right? <laughs> right? I mean, then I—and so I mean, in in essence, it brings us back to the whole point, which is, you know, the machines and us—we're merging in that way. And if, yeah. if if I have an AI that I can infuse with my values and my—and—and and I can teach it to be bad, then I, pro- I should be responsible for that AI. You know? Pete,
1: Pete, in your first comment, was I mistaken or were you kind of groping toward the point where we have uh, AI judges?
3: Well, to some degree, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, I mean, the rule, right? Where does, where does the rule of decision come from? Which is something that we always try to nail down, particularly in a law, right? Right, you, you right. Really want to, what is the rule here that's going to be applied? Where does it come from and why is it the right rule? Right. Yeah. One of my areas of practice is, is disrupting the legal profession. And so I work with a lot of companies that um, provide automated legal assistance in one way or another, either through document preparation or legal analysis or all and you know, and that is sort of the, the, the beginning of getting to a point of you know, when does technology or software start? Versus simply automating uh, uh, the process, um, and you know some of these guys are starting to push the line in really interesting ways. Uh, it, I'm close enough to the end of my career, that they're not to be done with it before I was tired. Uh, but for younger lawyers, um, you know the the computer's ability to replicate human thought and then human recommendation is getting is getting getting
1: pretty. Specific. But which human?
3: Not I like this guy and therefore he wins or I don't like this person
1: therefore he loses. We
3: we at least pretend but it's the same but it's like, the,
1: it's like the it's like the, it's like the sentencing guidelines and why so many judges hate the sentencing guidelines because they require just, you to get to a certain point without without but that's just, adding bad, that's just the,
2: bad code right the sentencing guidelines are really bad code. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's
1: like not well, even barely I, even I bad. feel like we're in the middle of one of the one of the yeah, I feel yeah, like we're so in the middle of one the of
2: time. Yeah uh, uh,
1: Better ones would be would be great code I, I feel like we're in the middle of one of the original Star Trek uh, series episodes where Spock and Captain Kirk are you know arguing about whether it's better to be human or whether it's better to be just strictly logical yeah can I do one quick experiment here just really quickly um, we have a fairly wide age distribution I want to see if there's any correlation how many of you feel very optimistic about the future of artificial intelligence and how it will make a better world for us and we'll be much happier. How many people? Happier? And Well, yeah. better, just better.
5: better. Just say better. Just
1: for general, of course. Just, just, okay. And happy, those of you
2: who don't have your hand up, happy, don't use your phone for the next
1: two hours. Happy, right? I mean, You're already, you're lying. You, all do, you love this stuff. You know? well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, technology, but I mean, I mean what we're talking about, Hear the prediction of of a kind of a distant future where. Happier we're,
3: in the declaration
1: of no, happier happier in a Denmark sense. You know the the happiness scale. Denmark's yeah, the yeah, happiest country. Ever, yeah, that you every morning when you get up you go wow I'm Danish this is great.
4: <laughs>
6: um, Can we ignore the trough of the that's going to happen on that trend? Can we ignore the trough of despond that's going to happen between now oh, and right. the that, future? There's no doubt that's going to happen. Yes. That's
2: right. it, it, people will be displaced. We will we'll freak out. We will, we will consider that, the we other. The other. Yeah, be the yeah. yeah. Going yeah. there's going to, you know, it, right. it's, it's, it's I, I, like I, getting married I, or moving. It's I, really I just, stressful I when just, it happens. I can, Hopefully it works out well.
1: wondered. I just wondered if there's a correlation between age or personality type or or what in, in, in terms of, because I'm, I, I'm I'm naturally pessimistic, I think. So that's why it's this is a you know, turning our turning our very being and lives and everything over to something that we admittedly don't understand troubles me a little bit. Um so I don't know, that's probably I've just been me. You a have you tried no, to work on a car lately? I under, yeah. Yeah. I under, I understand how doctors think. So I always double check the doctors. But if it's some like you know the Wizard of Oz kind of thing where you can't double check them, it's a little a little more alarming. Sorry, you've been you had her hand for a long time. I was just on this point
4: of you know generational acceptance or generational optimism, I think that's just kind of naturally built into the system that the norms change with us. So I'm very used to outsourcing my intellectual functions. And younger generations, instead of thinking and remembering a mm-hmm. lot. Of things, go search engines i mean mm-hmm. but instead of judging that as a negative from a normative standpoint it just is the norm, and the mm-hmm. norm changes with us and obviously yeah. as we start going exponential human individual human beings are just going to have to get more flexible we can't be in that rigid slow i I I, I,
1: I I understand that i understand that we can't well we've discussed if there is anything we can do about it and and i tend to agree with ed that there probably isn't at this point um, and I'm kind of old, and I'll be dead by the time it happens anyway, so I shouldn't care. Uh, and it may be fine; it may all be absolutely fine. I'm reminded of a Simpsons episode when Homer is in the spacecraft, um, orbiting the Earth, and uh, power's gone out, and they're they're tumbling, and you know, um, and Marge and the kids are watching on television, and and Marge says, "I'm sure your father will be just fine." And Lisa says, "Mom, on what do you base that?" <laughs> so. <laughs> The, the Simpsons, as usual, has, has, you know, comments on everything um, and maybe it will be fine. And, yes, you're right, uh, technology, technology governs cultural changes, changes in society, everything. And the last time that there was any kind of technological advance that, that rivaled what's going on now was the end of the 19th century when very quickly in succession we got the telephone, the automobile, the airplane, radio, electricity, that changed everything. That changed the way everybody lived and there was enormous social dislocation, cultural dislocation um, and we're seeing the same thing now for the same reasons and it just happens. It's, it's you know, humans, humans are predict- predictable at the macro level. That's why we have marketing and why we have history um, because the same stuff, people react the same way, very close to the same way uh, in reaction to similar historical, cultural, economic events. Um, so.
0: Now we'd like to put out a special thanks to Austin's own Borgfest and Bodyhacking Con for sharing with us the recording, in order to publish this very interesting content. If you would like to know more about this conference, go to bodyhackingcon.com. Remember once again when you purchase your ticket. Please use coupon code Dangerous Minds. This will get you 10% off your purchase. Plus, if you're in the Austin area, please be sure to check out Borgfest's meetup group by going to meetup.com/Borgfest-meetup-group to learn more about these exciting topics that they cover. But as always, dear listeners, you can check out the DMP homepage at www.dangerousminds.io or go to Facebook and search for the Dangerous Minds podcast. All of us want to thank you for joining in as we explore further the tech and the people behind it within this fastly growing community of grinding, biohacking, and implantable technology today. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments, and perhaps one day we will talk to you about the work and her projects you're exploring and developing. But until next week, seek the spark.
4: See you in the lab and night. Project won't compile, it'll be all right. Computer science for life, and that's
5: my direction. Instead of be bold, my home is throw exception.